Hello, Tom Myers here. If you're like me and you've got a lot to say, a lot of stories to share, a lot of opinions to give, then listen up. I'm going to talk about something that's going to take your passion for podcasts to the next level. I'm talking about the 7 Million Bikes podcast course. This is the podcasting course you need. Imagine having the skills, the knowledge, and the confidence to create, produce, and grow a successful podcast. And you're not doing it alone. I'm talking about Neil Mackay, the podcast guy, founder of 7 Million Bikes Podcasts. He knows what it takes to turn your passion into a podcast that stands out. He's going to guide you through everything from podcast ideas that resonate to nailing that audio production and even editing your episodes like a pro. With 23 tutorials and over three hours of video content, this course is packed with practical tips, real-world examples, and everything you need to know to get started. Just $97 for a wealth of knowledge that'll set you up for podcasting success it's a no-brainer think about it less than a hundred bucks to unleash your creativity share your story and potentially even turn your passion into a profitable business people like ian payton who's taken the course launched their own podcast and already in the top 10 percent of podcasts worldwide and you could be next the seven million bikes podcast course is your ticket to podcasting greatness. Go to the link in my show notes right now and let's make your podcasting dream a reality. Hi, I'm A.A. Ron, the owner and producer of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. Bombing Run, the original comedy combat game show. It's an hour's worth of comedians clashing with their jokes. And soon to be released, Orbs Wacky World, a talk show with a twist. It will be a mix of comedy, unusual questions and music with orb as the host oddly funny productions we might be odd but we bring the funny to you that's a-w-d-l-y funny productions hey everyone it's me again if you're tired of listening to this show with all these ads in the way go ahead and subscribe to my patreon in addition to listening to this show without the ads you also get extended versions of these episodes and bonus clips as well doesn't cost that much you can get plans for as low as one dollar a month you can show the love and your support just go to patreon.com slash tom myers spelled m-y-e-r-s and subscribe and listen and enjoy today again that's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Tom Myers versus the rest of the world. Joe Biden gave his first address to both houses of Congress this week. With Kamala Harris and Nancy Pelosi on the rostrum behind him, this was an historic event as it was the first time two women were seated behind the president during a primetime address. It was fitting as, with the limited number of attendees owing to COVID restrictions still being in place, they were given few audience members and their male counterparts. Matt Gates was not in attendance at the speech, presumably as he was trolling for his next date on Omegle. Biden recently classified the 1915 massacre of over a million Armenians by the Ottoman Empire as a genocide. He should know, as he was around then to see the first-person accounts. Sarah Palin announced that she had tested positive for the coronavirus and is now encouraging everyone to wear masks and practice social distancing, the latter of which people have been doing with her since she ran for vice president. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was... (laughs) Eric Chauvin was convicted of the murder of George Floyd. The verdict came down on April 20th, 
which gives bad cops another reason to hate 420. <laughs> April 20, interestingly enough, is Hitler's birthday. So for some cops, the verdict will be a dark cloud on an otherwise celebratory day. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's fitting that Derek Chauvin was led away in handcuffs with his hands behind his back covering his ass as it will be good practice for dealing with his cellmate. <laughs> and now on with the show. Please join me in welcoming Jeff Heisen and Michelle Wojcikowski. Hi, Tom. Hey, Tom. Jeff, Michelle, how have we been doing the past couple of weeks? Well, I want to tell you, I, I've, as things start to reopen and life gets closer to normal, uh, my wife and I just shared something uh, intimate and uh, as something that we haven't done in, in a long time. Jeff, this is not that kind of podcast. <laughs> yes. And suddenly, <laughs> Mr. Clean is totally creeping me out. So, <laughs> proceed. We went to Giants. <laughs> and we spent 14 months ordering, uh, relying on neighbors. And some of our friends said, you're overdoing it. And we said, no, we're not. We're doing what we're comfortable with. But now that we're both double vaxxed, we're heading back to the supermarket and it felt like a luxury. So I look forward to uh, getting back to these simple pleasures as, as uh, Joe and this administration roll out the vaccine and more and more of us take it. It was a pleasure. You are a party animal, Jeff Heisen. That's right. <laughs> After a year in lockdown, you're really going hog wild. So, sorry, to, sorry to disappoint you that there wasn't a uh, climax at the end of that uh, that talk. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh my Michelle, gosh. please Tom help carry this conversation on. I'm I starting to completely. <laughs> I don't know if I'm losing respect or liking you more. I can't decide. <laughs> more, more and more to the dark side. Thanks, Tom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so let's see. Well, I've been vaccinated. I'm very happy about that. Thank you. Um, my husband and I have are going to do something next weekend that we haven't done in over a year yeah. as I'm using the Jeff Heisen yeah. yeah. build-up tactic. Yeah. Yes. Um, we are having a couple friends over who've been vaccinated. See, simple And I, I can't even tell you how excited I am to have a games night. You know what I mean? I mean, we've done it on Zoom with friends. We've tried to have games nights and stuff and just being able to get together. And we've also, I mean, people have said, same thing, Jeff, people have told us we've been overdoing it. And my feeling is like, I care, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't care. I do not care if people think we've been overdoing it. Yeah. Um, we've made the decision that until there's herd immunity, we are not having people who are not vaccinated over right. socially because there's still a chance and it's not where I'm not doing it to be a jerk, you know, and um, a good friend of mine is not getting vaccinated. And really, um, this is, this is gonna, this is gonna cause problems with our friendship. I know, but I, my sister and I, sister-in-law and I were talking about it. And I said, you know, if people are okay and can make the decision not to be vaccinated, they shouldn't give me crap when I make the decision to only get together socially 
in small groups with vaccinated people. Or that just make them no dress up like, it's... or just have them wear a mask that makes them look like the Bane character. <laughs> During the protests outside a police precinct in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, following the police death of Duante Wright, authorities were heard telling the protesters over a loudspeaker that their protest was in violation of a lawful order well before that night's curfew. So we now know the police in Minneapolis don't know how to tell time, in addition to not knowing the fucking difference between a gun and a taser. Cops complaining about how difficult it will be to do their jobs in the wake of George Floyd, Duante Wright, Breonna Taylor, and other unarmed African-Americans is like Timothy McVeigh complaining about losing the damage deposit on his rider truck. (laughs) (laughs) Please join me in welcoming our guests, Gina Brown and Sydney Allen. Hello. I don't want to be introduced and welcomed after that. Yeah, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. come in after Jeff's giant experience. And I wish that it would, when Jeff was talking about giant, there was a better giant story to go with it. But kind of threw me off on that one. Simple giant pleasure was not what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You were so buttoned up. <laughs> He's becoming the biggest sex symbol of the DC comedy community. So at work, um, my receptionist had said, when the office receptionist had said that we had gotten a call from a young, from like a Republican committee. And I said, I'm pretty sure that was my mom because she knows my office number and she was trying to register me. Just disregard that. Um, Cause um, she's 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 slightly <laughs> radical, and so she goes, "Oh, your mom's a Trump supporter." Like, yeah, she's like hardcore, and she was like, "Well, you know, I understand some people don't like him, and I know I miss him to death, but the way I feel is, if whoever's in office, you have to respect them, and that's just how it's going to be." And I said, "Wow, imagine me telling you that in 1945, and we're living in Germany." <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. Uh, I mean, I could yeah. see, I, I could see missing Trump to death in the same way. Like I would miss shaving around a pimple that's finally gone away. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he's about as—I mean, that was about as cool as cancer, straight up. And that just—I just—I she well, her there was no laugh after that. She had the most uncomfortable look. I mean, obviously, I made her uncomfortable, but she shouldn't have said that to me. She just didn't know. I, I kind of stayed to myself when I go when I go to work, but for that comment, I couldn't let that sit. I oh, had to no. speak that one. That was just. He should have thought she made you uncomfortable. Mm. Yeah, because that's. I mean, like you know, somebody, somebody, somebody made a. I should send this to you. I'm gonna send this to you, Tom. Somebody posted a uh, picture of the crucifixion, and then there was a dude wearing a Blue Lives Matter shirt saying, "Hey, you should have obeyed the rules, buddy." Like, <laughs> yeah. Nah. <laughs> they said that's basically. They said that's basically a Trump supporter. Like, mm. Well, yeah, luckily, mother- this is an anti-Blue Lives Matter podcast, so feel free to say whatever's... Oh my God, I am not mind. saying anti-Blue Lives Matter, because then I'm going to... No, what, what is wrong with you? You want to yeah. try and get us killed? I, I'm you know, damn right. hey, you know, I'm finally getting out of my damn house, and Tom's going to get me killed. <laughs> In the conservative media sphere... The Chauvin verdict was met with a combination of dumbfounded silence, confusion, and restrained outrage. As we can see in this clip, where Tucker Carlson gets an analysis of police procedures from an actual law enforcement officer that does not conform to his preconceived notions of policing. We have to change the way we 
deal with people. Now, I've used hundreds of, I've, I've used force on literally over 500 people in my 21-year career in the New York City Department of Correction and in the New York City Sheriff's Department. I've never had anybody go unconscious. And, you know, that was clearly an excessive, unjustified use of force. I think the verdict was just. I think we had documentary evidence. We had testimonial evidence. And, you know, it was, it was an open and shut case. But moving forward, what we need to do, in my opinion, is we, we need to have... How about enforce the uh, law? Okay, do we need to do that? So, uh, hold on, wait, so wait, slow down. Do we, do we enforce the law? Like, let's say people are going through the windows in Macy's and the cops are just standing there. Do they resign no, no. because all, obviously their honor is being no. violated, but they're not doing anything about it. When do they start doing something about it and protecting everyone else, not just George Floyd? No, no. What I, I want I want people to protect. I want the police to protect people. But when specifically what we're dealing here, we're dealing with a person in custody who was handcuffed and he was subdued. Right. At that point, you know, we have to take a different tact. And, and one of the things I just want to suggest. Well, Tucker, I'm there's totally a, there's a willing thing, to believe that. Uh, yep. Yeah, the, the, the U.S. Department of Justice came out with a, a position paper on positional asphyxia and sudden death. It was published in, in 1995 and again in 1998. I think every law enforcement officer should read that. It should be read at roll calls. Because what it does, it, it talks about the physiology of a struggle. Now, like I said, Mr. Floyd was brought under control. What, what should have happened at that point is uh, EMS should have been summoned and he should have been placed in an ambulance. And a supervisor should have been yeah. called to the scene. I, I just think that... It was excessive, yeah, and well, it shouldn't the, happen. The, and what I'd like the, to see, the guy who did it looks like he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison. So I'm kind of more worried about the rest of the country, which, thanks to police inaction, in case you haven't noticed, is like boarded up. <laughs> so that's more of my concern. But, but I appreciate you coming let, on, Ed Gavin. Thank let, you. Let, nope, done. I'm convinced Tucker Carlson's laugh is what it sounds like when a rodeo clown has a stroke. <laughs> he's not concerned with. Uh, Anything. He doesn't the black, want the, the, black, the black people who get hurt. He's concerned with the rest of America, meaning white people. No, yeah. white men. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, let's call it what it is. Yeah, and I'm not even sure he's concerned with that. I don't think he gives a damn when another black man, woman, or anybody is killed. I don't think he cares. I think he only, he's spewing He's spewing a form of hatred that his followers like to listen to. I think a lot of it is sensational. I cannot believe that he, as a person, believes half of what comes out of his mouth. He can't possibly. Well, even Fox has acknowledged that. They acknowledged it in court documents that Tucker Carlson isn't actually a news personality. He's just there purely for entertainment value in order to save however many millions of dollars in a lawsuit, they just had to go ahead and, and throw them under the bus. The other thing, though, that people don't realize in general is that Fox News is not registered as a news station. It is on cable and it is registered as an entertainment station. If people want actual news, they have to look to things like ABC, NBC, and CBS because those places are the ones that get in trouble with the federal government because they're watched over by the FCC. Yeah. They are the ones who have to pay exorbitant fines if someone curses on there. They have to, if they don't correct um, fallacies, they have to, you know, right. they will get in trouble unless it's posted as this person is like an op-ed, this person is giving an opinion and they make it very clear 
that it is an opinion. Whereas, and I watch CNN and I watch MSNBC and I know that sometimes they are giving their opinions, yeah. you know, and the average viewer, unfortunately, is not paying attention to that. And that's what drives me crazy. When people, I have a friend who will sit there and watch Fox News from the morning till the night. And I'm thinking- Is that the same what? friend who's not masking? Of not taking yes. a vax? Not taking yes. a vax? Yes. And I presume Michelle just has the one friend who does that because that's how low her tolerance level is at this is point. Is it Sydney's Yeah, mom? it pretty much is. I mean, seriously. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm absolutely down. serious. This you. is one friend I have who, I mean, there are family members who are like this, but I don't see them anyway, you know? But um, this is the one friend I have kept because we agreed not to discuss politics because this friend, they and other, it, it seems so weird to say that I've been good friends with a Trumper, but this <laughs> person, they, they, they don't believe a lot of things. They're not racist. They're not against homosexuals. They're not against, you know, a, a lot of rights that women, you know, the rights that women should have. It, it, it just, there are certain parts that this person, ugh, I, I can't, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, no, it's people. <laughs> and I think I know people like that and, because I've through the years, I mean, and you didn't realize it until four four years ago, right? Now you're like, oh my gosh, I guess this I never knew. And mm -hmm. they're in the atmosphere, but I will not break bread with them. I'm I, I just can't because this isn't politics. It was politics when it was Bush. This and right. we and we disagreed. This is different. This you are infringing on so many of my rights and I'm not breaking bread with that. That I can't excuse it, but we and if I see you like a post, that's I can deal with that and you put a picture of your kid, I like your kid, your kid is innocent. But you uh -huh. have, Yeah. I can't. I'm with you. No, I you're get better it. Better than me, Michelle. You are way better than me. I, I don't know about that <laughs> yeah. because, because I, if, if there were any other friends, I mean, that's the only friend I have as a friend and I haven't seen this person for the whole, you right. know, pandemic. And, um, I had to get rid of a lot of Facebook friends, but I was not, I have to admit, and I don't know if this was wrong or not, but I was not the type who immediately said, Anyone who voted for Trump, I'm blocking them. Right. Because I've had, I have a, a actually a guy I, I dated for a short time way back in high school. He was very much a Trump supporter and he got in touch with me at one point um, because he was one person that I could have rational conversations with mm -hmm. about our differences. And it didn't turn into a screaming match. And the same thing, he's not racist, he's not homophobic, he's not against women's rights, but there were particular things in which he believed. And he ended up getting in touch with me probably, I wanna say a year ago and saying, I had to contact you because I'm embarrassed about our president. Yeah. And he didn't vote for him. And, and, but the thing is, I couldn't simply- He was talking about Trump at the time. Yes. Okay. Yes, he did not vote for him. I thought I wasn't allowed to say his name. You know, no, he who shall not the, be named. The former kind of guy. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, um, I'm with you. I have people that I 
I hadn't agreed with, and, and we had a fallout around Obama time politically, but I didn't get rid of them. And I've actually, not on purpose, I have brought people to independent and then I've brought them over. And it isn't that I was trying to, I just would put up stories and examples of things that happened. And, and I think eventually they looked in the mirror and they were like, oh my gosh, if I believe all of this, why am I pushing the lever for all of this? You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Not to be outdone, the nauseating mange-infected muskrat known as Texas's junior Senator Ted Cruz believes he's discovered the real issue with policing in the 21st century. And he is all too quick to pontificate in this excerpt from an interview. Twitter won't say whether the controversial post by superstar in the NBA LeBron James violated its policies. In the tweet he later deleted, LeBron James posted a photograph, the only one we'd seen, of the police officer at the scene of Micaiah Bryant's shooting, who shot her, with the caption, you're next, hashtag accountability. In a statement, Twitter says, our teams do not evaluate deleted tweets as, long as they are no longer on service, rendering it impossible. Full disclosure, saw it, saw it real time, got it on my phone. Like, you know that tweet is everywhere, you can Google it. What are they talking about? Well, let me start actually by by commending LeBron James for deleting the tweet. He shouldn't have sent it. I think it was grossly irresponsible to send it, but I'm glad he did delete it. I think everyone has an obligation to tamp down the rhetoric, to not just immediately throw sticks of dynamite into the burning flame. I mean, this is Ted Cruz. Are you kidding me? Out of the horse's mouth. That's his specialty. What is he like? Say, yeah, don't steal my act. He was just really close. To it. <laughs> so let me get this straight. He's saying, "Oh, I'm so glad LeBron James deleted his tweet, but Trump tweeted and made us nearly have strokes for how many years?" His you know, I'm surprised I didn't have eye muscle um, vessels in my eyes just popping all the time. <laughs> and it was okay that none of those were deleted. Unreal. And oh my was, gosh. And it was during, I think, Ted Cruz's objection to certifying the Arizona results in Congress that led to the split uh, sessions of Congress, where it was when the, when the insurrection started, uh, started by the people that Trump later tweeted via video saying, we love you. Yeah. And I, I think the point that he's missing is that like, LeBron's tweet was about uh, accountability for for the police officer like going through the legal system it, it right. it's, it's sort of it's really telling that that he automatically thinks it's going to be like violence towards a police officer because according to his good friends the uh insurrectionists you know josh hall and all those guys that's what they're uh that's what they're in favor of. We clearly saw that on, on January 6th. They, they don't like uh, an a entertainer uh, speaking his mind. Right. We're supposed to just be um, uh, one, trick, one trick ponies, they, right? They didn't, they didn't mind um, Brett Favre. They didn't mind uh, yeah. Drew Brees when he um, voiced his opinion, which, That's uh, right. That's which, right. favored, um, which favored Fox News. But when LeBron and Kevin Durant speak, spoke their mind, Laura Ingram said, uh, shut up and dribble. That's what you're paid to do. Well and, then, and then LeBron James wouldn't produce a documentary entitled Shut Up and Dribble as a big fuck you to her. 
Beautiful. But we also, the former guy, was he not an entertainer of sorts? I mean, we can't really say he was a businessman, really. I no. Mean, Failed businessman. <laughs> right. Right. But he was an entertainer and he ran, you know, he, he did not run the, um, I don't know what he did. <laughs> he had nice suits. I'll tell you what he did. He stressed me out for four years and it wasn't, I got to tell you, Tom, and I can't believe you're, you're actually going to get this recorded. I admire you. I know. I, I, how could this be? (laughs) But I don't know how you or any other of my friends who do political comedy could stay up on everything all the time that was going on during that time and not completely lose it. Because think, there were just days where I just had I just had to take a break off of social media. I didn't watch the news. I couldn't because you know emotionally I just couldn't take it anymore. I think the reason I focused on uh, Trump so much was because it was a distraction from my own shortcomings, of which I have many. So I'm I'm fueled by self denial and delusions if that makes any sense. Okay, then, great. Thanks for saying that after I tell the public that I admire you. Boy, that Wojo is really effed up, isn't she? Look who she admires. Thanks, awesome. It just makes the rest of us feel good. I don't have to do that much. Maybe I'll get your admiration. (laughs) The response to any president's address to Congress is challenging. When the post-Trump Republican Party wants to respond, They call on South Carolina's Republican Senator Tim Scott to help the Republican Party shoot themselves in their collective foot, as we can see in his response to Biden's speech. Nowhere do we need common ground more desperately than in our discussions of race. I have experienced the pain of discrimination. I know what it feels like to be pulled over for no reason, to be followed around a store while I'm shopping. I remember every morning at the kitchen table, my grandfather would open the newspaper and read it, I thought. But later I realized he had never learned to read it. He just wanted to set the right example. I've also experienced a different kind of intolerance. I get called Uncle Tom and the N-word by progressives, by liberals. Just last week, a national newspaper suggested my family's poverty was actually privilege because a relative owned land generations before my time. Believe me, I know firsthand our healing is not finished. Hear me clearly, America is not a racist country. (laughs) And what the fuck did you just say? (laughs) Didn't he just say he got pulled over, followed around in a store? If that's not racism, what the hell is that? Were they just doing it because you had on the wrong color? Like, I don't understand. Well, oh, to me, to me, Tim Scott seems like the kind of person who gets an erection whenever he hears a white neighbor yell, turn that crap down to a kid blasting the song Wet Ass Pussy at his car seat. <laughs> I hope it's not Sydney's mother's cousin, but like I, <laughs> I literally, when I did watch- You're absolutely correct. See, how about that? How about that? I I turned that, I watched Biden last night, but I couldn't watch that response. I turned it off. I knew I'd see clips later, but I couldn't, I didn't want, 
because they're he's a pawn right and i they're just using him for for that purpose and um i i couldn't watch it and i and i and i see it now and this is why i couldn't watch it but you see what he does there is that he tells his supporters and other republicans that america is not racist so they make that makes them feel better about themselves yeah but i mean it, it we've heard it before he's definitely not the only black conservative that you know says these sort of things and i would actually be okay with him being a black conservative if he if he was a black conservative for you know whatever fiscal reasons he he needed to be a black right, right? exactly I, you know i i just i just I just want to go for the record and say that that brother, I really thought that was the brother from uh, Diary of a Mad Black Woman. I really thought it was him. I'm sorry. I just had to say that. He really looks just... No, 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 no. You got to see the movie. He looked like the dude that was beating on her. He totally looked just like him. I thought it was... No, he does. He has the round head. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That actor is so much better of a person. Like, oh, yeah, definitely. That's why, that's why I was like, what's Steve has black ass doing here talking this shit? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I just, it's such a, it, it is still a level of self-hate for me to watch. His, his, the beginning of what he was saying was so incongruent with what, how he ended. It just didn't make any sense. And so I always am like, oh, is he unwell? Because it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> and on that note, that's our show. I want to thank Jeff Heisen, Michelle Wojcikowski, Gina Brown, and Sydney Allen. Yay. Yay. Before we go, my final thought. White people are projected to be less than 50% of the population by the year 2045, which is just as well as pretty much most of the people upset about that will be dead by then. Racism has always been a hot-button issue in the United States, where we are one of the few Western industrialized countries rationalizing its racially charged beliefs and using them to prevent the advancement of civil rights. Indeed, there is nothing like demonstrating that you live in the land of the free and the home of the brave by kowtowing and succumbing to peer pressure from racists. The Kenosha shooter Kyle Rittenhouse got such preferential treatment from the legal system that Charleston shooter Dylan Roof looked at him and went, damn it. I'm jealous. <laughs> did they take Kyle Rittenhouse to Burger King like Dylan Roof, or did they do one better? Take him to Five Guys, followed by a strip club for a lap dance and a massage parlor where they tip the girl for a happy ending. Watching NFL spectators at the start of the 2020 season boo the moment of silence to end racism made me look forward to the next 20 waves of COVID, taking them all out at their next maskless family barbecues where they try and one-up each other with a punchline featuring the N-word. Imagine booing at the sentiment of stopping racism. They don't support the game itself, the spirit contained therein, or even the struggles that their favorite player faced to get to where they are today. They support the idea of mainly black athletes hurting themselves and giving themselves potential lifelong medical conditions, such as brain injuries and their bodies being turned into mush solely for the purpose of their entertainment much in the same way one would watch seagulls fight over French fry in a McDonald's parking lot. In fact, I'm looking forward to the day Laura Ingram suffers a stroke just so I can tell her to shut up and dribble. Oh, God.
One of the most obnoxious memes I've ever seen on Facebook read, if you want to kneel for the national anthem, give a wounded veteran your leg so he can stand. And I have to tell you this. I agree. I'd be more willing to give someone else my legs just so I can collect a check and never have to do this bullshit again. It all works out. The veteran's happy. I'm happy. It's a feel-good story. And a win-win. Good night. This episode was written and hosted by Tom Myers with panelists Jeff Heisen and Michelle Wojcikowski and guests Gina Brown and Sydney Allen. Theme music by Your Own Vandenberg. Executive producer, Tom Myers. Executive producer for IPM Nation, Matt Connerton. For more information, visit tommyers.us. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you want to listen to more of this episode, go ahead and subscribe to my Patreon. There you can get extended versions of episodes like this one, as well as bonus clips. You can even listen to regular episodes without all these pesky little ads through which you have to fast forward. Doesn't really cost that much. Plans as low as $1 a month. Go to patreon.com slash Tom Myers, spelled M-Y-E-R-S. Show the love, subscribe, show your support today. That's patreon.com slash Tom Myers. Hi, everyone. I'm Orb. I am not the official spokesperson for Ugly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y Funny Productions. A-A-Ron is tied up right now. Shut up, I'll untie you in a minute. Here at Oddly, we're producing some great shows. Bombing Run, where comedians compete to see who's Joker Ace. And Orb's Wacky World, a talk show with a mix of comedy, uncomfortable questions, and music hosted by yours truly. When you think of comedy, think of Oddly Funny Productions. That's A-W-D-L-Y, funny productions. Now, how do I get out of here? Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now.